0: We're going to be having a a little bit different format in our service this morning. I'm looking so forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Many of you that are life group leaders, you've already had conversations with Pastor Casey in the last week or two, and we really can't stress enough, you know, when, when God told us to go and make disciples, you know, there's something implied there first that we need to become disciples, right? We need to become disciples so that we are equipped to go and make disciples, And to make disciples. And making disciples is more than just knowledge here, right? There's such an important aspect of it that comes out of relationship. Relationship with the body of Christ and, of course, with the Lord. So Casey's going to be sharing this morning, and then there's going to be uh, some testimonials that are going to come forth. So Pastor Casey, and when anybody's going to share, I'll give you this microphone.
1: I think I'm on. woo, there I'm on. Okay. I always know green light means go. So here I am. All right. Well, life groups. I'm excited to share this morning about life groups. And I have good and bad news with me sharing on life groups. And I'll just be honest up front. Um, the bad news is I've never successfully promoted Or sold anything in my life. (laughs) And actually in college, I had a job and I miserably failed at it. And I learned really, really young in life that my gifting is not fundraising or selling anything. (laughs) And um, yeah. And so if you've been in a job that you weren't very good at, you get on the manager's list. And it's not the good list. (laughs) I worked for the DSU phone-a-thon. And uh, yeah, I was one of those that would call you, hi, this is Casey Miller from Dakota State. How are you doing this evening? I was one of those. And I was really good at making connection. That was the first part. But I never wanted to make the pitch. And so I would like, cower down in my cubicle. And I talk the socks off these people. You know, I just feel like, oh, and at one point, you know, I was crying with a lady on the phone, but (laughs) really, but my manager would walk by me and give me the, (laughs) okay. A few times I even forgot, actually forgot to ask for the money. And, well, long story short, I had that job for about two months. I wasn't fired, but they certainly weren't sad to see me go. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I'm not good at convincing you to do anything. But the good news this morning is my product this morning is small groups, and they're free. <laughs> They sell themselves because of the testimonies that are going to be coming up here in a few minutes, and the Holy Spirit woos you to grow grow closer to the Lord, so that takes all the pressure off of me this morning. (laughs) So let's get to it then, now that we have that set up. This is not my sales pitch. This is truly a, a key component to spiritual growth. And so three essential behaviors to spiritual growth, you know, sometimes as a church, I think we can complicate things and I like to keep things pretty simple. I don't know about you, but simple works better with me. And you know, you get saved, you've decided you're a sinner, you need Jesus in your life, you've chosen him to follow him. And then there's that question of now what, now what do I do? And honestly, it's pretty quite simple. It comes down to three behaviors that I can actually 100% guarantee to you with money-back guarantee that will work in your life if you do. And that is spending time with Jesus in your personal life. This is your Bible reading, your prayer, talking to him. To attending corporate worship, and that's what we're doing this morning together, getting involved in a larger body of Christ. And three, take it just a little bit further and find a small group. Find a smaller group of people that are believers in Jesus Christ that will pour into you, equip you, and encourage you. And those three things, those three behaviors will certainly draw you closer to Jesus. And today, I'm going to focus just on that third one. So committing to a small group. Committing to a small group. Um, why? Why are life groups or small groups, you'll hear me use both terms this morning. At Victory, we call them life groups. They're small groups that meet in a bunch of homes throughout different cities. Um, and they're a way for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. But why? Why do this? Well, first of all, we like to do everything according to a biblical model. And In Acts, this is how the church actually started. They start, it started as believers got saved and believers got saved in the thousands. If you remember in Acts, Peter gets up and delivers that dynamic sermon after being filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And what does it say in there? Three thousand people got saved? Well, They didn't have buildings for this, people. (laughs) They were not quite equipped for thousands of people to follow Jesus just like that. So what did they do? They did continue to congregate at the temple. Peter and John and stuff would still continue to go and pray at the temple and congregate there. But they went further in their relationship with Jesus in homes. So they scattered, the church started in homes. And what did they do there? We're going to read Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you want to turn there, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So there's some things they do together when they met together. They learned the apostles' teaching. They, want, they were hungry. This was radical to them. Jesus just died and rose again. And to those that believed in the resurrection, this completely changed their lives. It was a fulfillment of the law of Moses. They now have a risen Savior. So they were hungry. They were learning in their homes. They were fellowshipping. That's the next thing you'll see in that passage. And then they were praying. It's a good recipe for some growth in your homes, teaching, fellowship, and prayer. That's how the church started. And I want to read in in um, verse 46, too. And I, I didn't have that up there, but I wanted to keep reading. In verse 46 of that same chapter, it says... Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. In this verse, I think it gives us a clear picture of a large group, small group model. They continued to go to the temple, but they also continued to go to people's homes. And Throughout church history, you know, it takes shapes and forms according to what's going on at the time, whether believers in Jesus were meeting in larger groups or stripped down to smaller groups. We, we know for certain that both are very essential and both are very important, meeting corporately in larger groups and meeting in smaller groups. And we see later, once, you know, there's power in numbers, once the church of Jesus grew and grew and grew and grew, Then they actually got to create their own structures where they would meet, right? And, you know, the churches in Revelation, there's actual runes that you can go visit today in modern Turkey of, that was an actual building structure where believers met. So it's important, it's important to understand the importance of both. And I know some people would say you could even take your small group and just go with that and not be plugged in corporately, but, I I don't think so. You need both. They're both very, very essential. And small groups, what are the purpose of them then? We know it's a biblical model. We know that's how the church started. But what is its true purpose? Well, I think verse 42 just pretty much told us what the purpose was. But they're Jesus-centered and they're relationship-driven. They're Jesus-centered and they're relationship-driven. In life groups, people grow in their relationship with Jesus, but they grow in their relationship with others as well. So if I'm going to join a life group, and Bob, Pastor Bob's going to join a life group, and both of us are followers of Jesus, and both of us want to grow in our relationship with Jesus, there's going to be some kind of core functions in that group, core behaviors, and that's the things we just looked at. Teaching, growing, learning, fellowship. You know, at the time, eating together was really kind of an intimate uh Thing that people would do, you know, the Jews would like recline at the table. It was kind of a big ordeal. Uh, eating together was just a sign of community, a sign that you were really kind of close with that person, right? I don't know about you, but eating to me, like, I mean, I like food and all, but it just doesn't have the significance it did to the Jewish people of the time. So pick what you want to do for fellowship. What would you invite your closest buddies to? fellowship, get to know them, enjoy them, talk to them, and then pray. Pray with them. That was the third element mentioned in verse 42, pray. I got, like Pastor Mike said, I got to meet with the different life group leaders in the last month. And one thing we talked about in our phone conversations or in person when I met with all these leaders is just the importance of prayer. That was a theme that continued to come up as we were talking and the power in prayer. Who doesn't feel good after being prayed for? I mean, really it blesses your socks off. When we prayed for Wendy this morning, she was blessed by it, but I was equally as blessed. I'll be honest. Um, and that is the same in our small groups. I know one of the testimonies of prayer in our small groups happened a year ago, Co- this crazy COVID year we've had, but it was in um, Brian and Minnie's life group, and they were praying over Zoom, and Audra was healed right over there over Zoom. How cool is that? <laughs> the power of prayer, and that happened in a small group. So what do Jesus-centered life groups look at? Look like. Sorry. What do Jesus centered life groups look like? Well, we've kind of looked at, you know, what are some of the things that these groups do? But here's really how it'll affect you. Individuals open up honestly about their lives and see how the Bible applies to their lives. Do you notice that it doesn't just stop there? People open up honestly about their lives. This isn't a time to get together and just like rag on your spouses. But, and how the Bible applies to their lives. See, when you keep your small group Jesus-centered, he's going to get honor and glory in it. Secondly, individuals experience healing and victory as they study the Bible, pray for one another, and encourage each other. Those victory stories that we're going to hear in a little bit, and then, like, Audrey's victory story over Zoom, those happen in small groups that are pursuing Jesus. They're the individuals want to share their victory stories with others and invite them. You know, I always get the question: Are small groups discipleship-based or evangelistic-based? And I'm like, they're both. How could I don't even know how you separate them because I'm, I'm naturally more evangel, or even, even evangelistic. Thank you. i naturally more tend to lean that way. But if you like something, you're going to share about it, right? So if Audra goes through her life group and is healed over Zoom, would she want to tell her neighbor about it? I mean, it's just like a natural outpouring of what's taking place in your group. So no, they're not like, we're going to hand out tracks. let's take over our neighborhood. But if you just relationally invite people into your small group, because, well, you're just blessed by it, so why wouldn't you share it? I mean, that's what they tell you when you sell the candles and the, I tried to do, I don't sell anything well. I'm just, I'll just leave it there. But because nothing's changed in my life other than Jesus Christ. And they always try to say, Casey, try to show, sell your, you know, whatever, the product that I'm doing at the time. And I'm like, it's good, but it's not changing my life. I don't care what it is. I like the scent of the candle, but I'm not convinced enough to, you know, really preach it to the world. But Here's the thing is, is Jesus will change your life, and because Jesus does change your life, then you'll have, you'll have no problem inviting people to your small group. So small groups are both discipleship based and evangelical. Evangelical. Evangelistic. I cannot say that word this morning. Evangelistic. That's why Pastor Mike is still here this morning. So feed me the words. Okay. So next up, um, connection versus isolation. So I'm going over things quickly because the highlight of this this time will actually be the testimonies. But connection versus isolation, um, life groups keep you connected. Ah, that's so important nowadays. It's so important to be connected to the body of believers. A couple verses on that just quickly I have jotted down in Proverbs 18.1. One who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. He rejects all sound judgment. Oof. Ecclesiastes 4.9 through 10. A lot of times you see these at weddings, but it can apply far more greater than the husband and the wife. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You know, I've deceived myself before in the past of saying that I can do this alone. Read my word, pray, pray listen to a YouTube sermon, plug away on my own. But that's really a snare of the enemy. And it's not biblical. Believers were always in community. One way or another, always in community. There is no greater temptation for the enemy than when you're alone, when you're isolated. Isolation produces temptation. Isolation produces deception. You know, the verse in Proverbs that says he seeks his own desires. So easily when you are isolated, you then open yourself up for deception because you're only hearing your own interpretation. Never another voice from the body of Christ. It's a dangerous place to be to be isolated. And so small groups, life groups, are a way to keep you plugged into the body so you're hearing the word of God through others as well, and not just yourself. I don't know about you, but the Internet these days can get pretty weird pretty fast. And so <laughs> um, just guard yourself from taking a voice on the Internet as your church. Because I am so incredibly thankful that I'm plugged into victory, that I have submitted to the leadership of victory. There's incredible peace and protection when you are submitted to leadership. Kind of goes into Pastor Bob's Sunday school message. But I will be the first to say there is incredible peace, incredible security, and incredible protection when you are submitted to a body of believers. So don't deceive yourself that you can do it alone at your home with your internet. <laughs> Ugh, I'll just leave that one there. Um, going back to the three behaviors, going back to the very beginning, spending time with Jesus, attending a body of Christ corporately, and plugging into a small group. I got this picture the other night, the next picture. I got this picture the other night while I was laying in bed. And my mind was just racing about this topic. And it was like I got this clear-as-day picture. It's like some of you are standing on a diving board like this, and you're just looking at the pool. How many of you went to a pool like old school, 1995, Tracy Pool style, where they had like the really huge high dives? Like you climb the ladders, anybody? Climb and climb and climb, all, all the liability and blah 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 nowadays. They don't get to do that anymore. But you get the tall di- high dives, right? And you climb up there. And, and, and then you go out there, and I'll never forget my first experience on the high dive, not the low dive. You know, you stand there and usually you have a little few, a little of those arm, you know, floaties. And you just stand there and stand there. And every once in a while, a few brave souls actually jump off. But every once in a while, Casey Miller did this the first time. I went back and climbed down all those stairs because it was like not today. And I got this picture of some of you just standing there. And you know you want to pursue Jesus. You know you want to open up your word. You know you want to plug into one of these small groups. But there's just something holding you back. There's a fear. You're afraid that maybe if you actually talk about, like, real stuff, not just, hey, good morning, how are you? Like on a Sunday morning, if you actually talk about something and open yourself up, you might be rejected. That's a big one. Almost everybody can relate to that one. <laughs> Some of you are afraid that, that if you get into one of these small groups, you're gonna feel awkward. And maybe you just don't know enough. Oh, I hope you lay that down. <laughs> because I guarantee you, I'm one of many people that don't know it all. And the groups don't act like they know it all. And if they do, join a different one. <laughs> because really dislike stuffy Christians. I'm not comfortable around them and I'll be the first to admit like, no, I don't do that. So I can guarantee you that the groups are not perfect people sipping coffees, judging each other. So if you have that in your mind, that's a lie from the enemy. And if you've experienced that before, I personally apologize for that. My Encouragement this morning is that you take the jump. Jump off the diving board. Because the low diving board is sorta fun, but there is nothing more exhilarating than when you actually take the jump and go (laughs) with the floaties in the air and dive into the deep end. When you actually grow in your faith and experience victory, healing. Freedom, the things that we celebrate here at Victory, it's so much better than playing it safe. And so I hope you'll do that this morning. Uh, and I hope the next stories that we share will encourage you to do that this morning. So I have a few people lined up just to share what uh, life groups have done in their lives. And I will say this before I invite the first one up. Um, Before I invite the first person up, every one of these people looked for ways to grow deeper than a Sunday morning. If there was an opportunity, they took it. And so it doesn't just happen in your life by attending worship once or twice a month and keeping one foot in the world comfortably. These people dove in. And so I was really encouraged by these people that I asked this morning, and I hope you are too. So the first one I would like to share is Roger Lorenzo. Roger, if you would come up and share your experience with Life Group, and I will.
2: Hello? Well, way to put on the pressure. (laughs) Um, As Casey called me asking to share this Sunday morning, I was on a way to men's retreat. Um, so I didn't think about it much. She said, think about it, pray about it, but I don't believe in coincidences. And I was, you know, on a way to join a group of men and do life with. So I thought, yeah, that'd be a great experience. But, uh, I mean, according to my wife, I go to life group because of the peanut M&Ms and the (laughs) variety of coffees and, but, um, we joined, we joined a life group and, you know, we, we, we moved up from Florida, we came here and there was just no family and that was one of the main questions we were asked all the time is, you know, what are you guys going to do up there if there's no family, there's nobody you know, so, but we got here, we came to victory, we felt right at home in the beginning and um, just were welcomed and we heard of life groups and we join a life group, um, and I can say today that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've I got a whole new family here in, in the state of Minnesota, and um, I mean, and that's how we feel. I mean, there's people in the church that are in our life group that, yes, we're close, we pray for, we love them, but there's something different when, when you're going through a struggle. You can call out to your group, life group, small group people, and and you know they're praying and, and, and just that alone brings the, just the peace. Um, um, you know, you cry together with them. You, you go through their struggles with them. You, you help them out. They help you out. Um, you know, and, and, you know, just today I can stand here with, you know, all the things we're experiencing in life and, and know that just knowing that people are praying for us. I can stand here today and, 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 you know, just come to church and try to act normal. Um, so, but yeah, you I go to life group. Uh, people walk with you uh, every time we've reached out. No judgment, no condemnation, no pointing fingers. I mean, it's just knowing that they're gonna walk through you. They're gonna use God's word. Um, they're not making things up. Uh, they'll, you know, just just guide you through that. And that that has helped us a lot. Um, just seeing how others live. Families that you look up and think that they got it all going, they open up and share. And you know, at first I was amazed because I never experienced somebody um, that looks like they got it all together actually opening up and and just showing you, you know, that they struggle too. So that's helped us just to see how they live and how they react to things, and so helped us to be a better family and and just not life groups. Um, academy classes the church has here we've learned financing um a real struggle in our past and you know through that we've learned how to finance manage our finance tithe give serve um we've been blessed in so many ways um you know like casey was saying if we try to do things alone and just come to church on sundays yeah i don't i don't think we'd be here today so um just that support, God help you with the right people around you, Uh, yes, we can get up every day, pick up our cross, and keep walking.
1: Well, the one thing about Roger and Marjorie is they are in several life groups and committed as well as every academy class. I mean, if there's an opportunity to be at the church, they're there. And they reap the benefit of it. I mean, they see it in their—he just touched on the finance piece, but there's a powerful testimony there that in full length, someday you'll hear it's amazing the way the Lord has moved in their life. And as we get to see the family grow, too— Double blessed by that. So thank you, Roger, for sharing. Um, Jaren Fricky is going to share next on what being in small groups means to her.
3: Um, Different from Casey, I thrived on those selling things. I loved them. And I'm not above begging. So Um, I think there's a difference between what has a life group done for me and, like, like, the what and the how. So, obviously, being plugged into a life group and sharing struggles with people has taken me from a place of sitting in my junk and continuing to keep sitting and, you know, doing all the things that we as Christians, like, want to walk away from. We should want to walk away from that. And once I got plugged into life groups and Bible studies and you name it, YWAM, like, anything with community— it took me from this place of like sitting in that to a place of having accountability then and people knowing my junk, which makes it a lot harder to keep sitting <laughs> with the just community and accountability. So I think that's the difference, but I think a lot of people can continue to go to a life group and just never really you know, bloom and bloom where you're planted or whatever you want to say. And I think that is because the fact that you never share your junk with people. And like everybody has already said, no one's going to judge you. And if they do, switch life groups. Um, (laughs) Just keep looking, keep finding people, and it will absolutely bless you because that has been the biggest blessing, me just learning to share And being vulnerable, because I'm very much like Casey said, I can absolutely think I can do life alone. And I'm pretty sure I'd be okay with it. And then that's when I'm like, okay, you need to share that with somebody, because that's a sin. (laughs) But it's those thoughts that keep you going. So definitely get plugged in. Talk to somebody, share your junk, and learn how to grow in your faith and actually thrive as a follower of Jesus. So that's what it's done for me.
1: I love Jaren's honesty. When I called her this week and asked, hey, will you share a little testimony about life groups and be honest about it? She goes, no problem. <laughs> Shoot it straight, girl. Okay, I like that about Jaren. Um, and uh, we're going to have um, Jessica and Mike Fox come up next, and they're both going to share the impact of small groups, life groups in their lives. And then after they share... Uh, Mike recorded a victory story this summer, this past summer, video, and I knew you'd be super blessed by his basically larger testimony. And so after they share, uh, it's going to go straight to a video as well of them. So,
4: so I had about two pages of things that I love about Life Group. So I made myself a little card so that I wouldn't go on tangents. But um, I think, especially when uh, Mindy invited us to her Life Group I don't we didn't really know. He's like, What's life group? I'm like, I don't know, but let's go. You know, <laughs> and we had just really, uh, we decided to join Victory um, as a couple. And I think what it helps is meeting other people in the congregation. So when there's things like the academy classes or worship and healing night, um, any of those kind of things, I. I'm an extroverted introvert. So you kind of have to kick me to get me out of the house. And then I have a really good time, but then I'm exhausted afterwards. Right. Um, but so when you know other people are going to be there or you've committed to somebody else that you're going to be there, it makes it so much easier to have new experiences like the women's retreat, you know, going with a bunch of people you don't know, but you know, you're not going to know a couple of people there. So I think that's really awesome. And we do do life together, which is awesome. We have fun, and um, we, I, I don't know, our group likes food, <laughs> so we must be like the, the more traditional Jewish ones, uh, but we have like a Super Bowl party with food and coffee, and um, yeah, and I think also, um, uh, like Jaren mentioned, like keeping each other accountable is really, really important, um, and and we're really, it's just, it's like a family. I mean, we've gotten really close with these people, and when we don't have it, its we're, we're bummed out, or if we can't make it. And uh, I think that's really awesome. And I think another thing, and um, uh, Pastor Casey had um, talked to us at the women's retreat about how much of an impact just you individually has coming to church. And I think that's so true about Life Group, too, that you might have something that that group needs and something to share that is very different because everybody brings something different. And when someone's gone, like the life group is missing that perspective. It's missing that, you know, energy that you bring. And um, I just want to talk about a couple different studies that we've done. So one was a book called Holy Roar that was all about um, different ways of worshiping God. And it was awesome and it was so fun. And sometimes after we worship together just in our small groups so we could practice some of the things we talked about without being in front of everybody. Um, and I think that's the other thing is that you can talk about these things and ask questions in a really small, safe place. And instead of, you know, well, I don't know if uh, that's probably a stupid question, you know, but then you can even ask if you didn't understand something at church with your small group. Um, and um, you can practice, like I just said, you learn, but you can also be challenged. So we also did a story about, I mean, a story, uh, a study about storytelling, or that's how I describe it, I guess. Um, but it's kind of that discipleship and how to uh, talk about these stories in the Bible to other people. And you had to get up in front of your group, and you had to memorize what you were going to say, which is uncomfortable for a lot of people. But it's a safe place to practice those kind of things. And even the people that were super stressed out about it did so fantastic. But I, I love being told stories anyway. But, um, and then uh, finally I wanted to talk about um, one of the studies we did was uh, by Andy Stanley, and it's called Guardrails. And that one really impacted our life tremendously. Um, it just spoke to both of us we've really incorporated the terminology that was used in that into our lives and the concepts with it into our into our family life and um yeah it's just really become a part of our family culture so um i just i our life group has done so much for us i just really encourage anybody um to go and find one and if it doesn't seem like it's the right fit i mean i think every group has its own vibe and its own feel and i don't think it's a big deal if you're like yeah maybe this isn't the right fit and try another one so
0: and i 'm up here to show you the difference between a prepared, good speaker <laughs> and the rest of us so yeah, we really like life groups, so we view you guys as our church family, and then our life groups like our close personal family, so it 's really helped us grow and we're we kind of mimic it we We reach out now to people because <clears throat> I think we 've realized if we 're called for nothing else it 's to save so it's really encouraged us to reach out and just spread the word. So, And then I'd like to say, Casey is a good salesperson. Like, I'm up here, you sold me on this. Because <laughs> my gut reactions, no way. <laughs> and then the testimony. You were, you know, I met you in the warehouse district, if there is one in Ballatin on a 95-degree day. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to do that, you know, and you and the baiters really encouraged me to do it, and it's, so I'm not on social media at all, but I've had so many people that I don't know stop me and say, hey, I saw that. That's really awesome. And so that's my lead into it. Uh, my name is Mike Fox. My story is I was born into a Catholic family and went to Catholic school. And after eighth grade, we did two more years of uh, education to be confirmed. On the last day of that, I got into a little argument or dispute with the priests, and we determined I should return when I was gonna take it more seriously. So fast forward 27 years, I took a break from church. My view of Christians were these extremist people that were not inclusive. Um, my view was that they viewed themselves better than the rest of society. Uh, kind of like a, a fraternity or a group or a cult. And so my wife started going to different churches and I encouraged her and she wanted me to come and I wasn't having it. She ended up landing at Victory, so I was like, oh, of course you found one of those weird churches where they put their hands up in the air and sing modern songs. So I wasn't too excited about it, and she put a lot of pressure on me, and I finally said, yeah, I'll go. I'll go next Sunday with you. And so that Sunday morning arrives. She wakes me up and said, let's go, and I said, Ugh. I'm super hungover from the night before and I said no no I'll, maybe next week She said you told me you'd go so off I went I thought ah, I can power through an hour hour and a half of this nonsense and while I was there uh, incredible feeling inside of me uh, emotions poured out so that next Monday or the Monday or Tuesday after there I went and saw Pastor Mike and I was telling him about this feeling and he nonchalantly, well, that's the Holy Spirit. Here's what we believe in and so I don't know if he intentionally did that or not, but I wanted more, you know, I wanted to know what this Holy Spirit feeling was inside of me. And I've been uh, learning that and experiencing it ever since. Victory's affected me in a very positive way. Uh, I am a new person now. Uh, Every decision I make now, I, I attempt to bounce off of scripture. Um, I don't want to do anything that's not going to glorify God. So Whether that's family, business, day-to-day activities. So it's transformed my life quite positively, which I think is having a positive ripple effect on the world. Uh, the healing I would say I've experienced is predominantly emotional healing. Uh, I bottled up or pushed aside emotions quite well for the time I was not a church member. So it's really opened me up emotionally, which I think is quite beneficial to the family, which in turn honors God and glorifies God. So. The healing I've experienced most would be emotional. Healing's it's out there and it's a gift that's readily given. Um, I think a lot of people look in the wrong place for healing. Uh, I think victory as a corporate church has an amazing talent for dishing out healing. Um, I would just uh my advice would be to just come and ask it'll be given uh, why should somebody consider checking out victory the music's fantastic uh, every week the message that's giving somehow resonates I think well for me anyways it always resonates and I think oh is this thing directed at me and it's probably the most welcoming place I ever walked into I uh, the first time I was there I had a feeling of not worthy, and I was immediately embraced by the church. So I consider Victory my new family. I still have my family and love them and never been rejected by them, per se, but uh, it's one of the most embracing places I've ever been. Welcoming.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time watching that without both laughing hysterically and crying. So that is an effective victory story right there. Um, so now is the time that I want everyone to take out your phones. Yeah, I actually want you to take them out. <laughs> so take out your phone if you have it on you. And we're going to do two things real quick before we close the service here with a song. Two things real quick. One is I want you to go to victoryballotin.org. Victoryballotin.org. That is our website. Say it with me. Victoryballotin.org. Victoryballotin.org. Um, bookmark it. Find it. And when you go to the website and you get there, uh, it will look something like this next screen, though on your mobile device, I realized it doesn't look exactly like the computer, but pretty close. On your mobile device, you're going to get to Victory Church, and find on the top, when you're on your phone, it looks like three little lines up on the right. Find the three little lines, click on that, and go to the Experience Victory tab. Go to Experience Victory, and then go to Events. Does everyone find the Events page? Experience Victory Events. Okay, Go to the events page. I want you to get used to going to the events page because on the events page is where you will sign up for basically anything Victory has to offer. So anything Victory has to offer, you will go here. So if it's a women's retreat, whatever, you're going to find it here. So on this page, click on life groups. And if you're interested in a life group, you're just interested. This isn't like a blood pact. If you are interested in the life group at all, fill out the form that you click on the life group there, and I will be in personal contact with you. So fill it out quick, and I'll follow up with you. The next thing I want you to do, now that you know where our website is, bookmark that. If you're ever like, I wonder if, I wonder if we have youth group this week. Events calendar, events calendar. <laughs> go to the events calendar. The next thing I want you to do is go out to Facebook real quick and share Mike's victory story. Um, I posted it. should be up there uh, right before the service. Yeah, there it is. So go and share Mike's victory story. The more we share that, the more the word spreads, and the more, like Mike mentioned already, he'll get stopped in walmart or something and someone will see that so share 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 away and i hope we can follow up and find a few more victory stories so with that turn it over to brian and the worship team